Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Every, all we got to see, what is it, seven check marks here now? Six check marks? Who knows? Um, it is Tuesday night. It is 6.01 p.m. Mountain Time. God's time, as I like to say. And it is November 23rd, Tuesday night, which means it is time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, my co-host and good friend. Uh, man, we've been doing this for a long time, Carl, since the 2017 draft. Um, going way back. Carl Dummler. How you doing, Carl? Welcome in. I'm I'm good, man. Just uh, getting ready for all the Thanksgiving festivities. Oh, getting out nice. there with family, good food. We're not doing turkey this year. What? Okay. First year of no turkey. Now I'm upset. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you not? Now you have to talk uh, me off the ledge. So my sister is hosting this year, and she hates turkey. So oh. she said, I get to pick what the meal is, even though she's not doing the cooking. Oh, and so she not. picked... <laughs> I know. It, it's... Whatever. It, it's what's happening. So we're doing a fish fry instead. Okay. Okay. That's weird. Um, but I'm, I'm okay for it. You know, I'm not going to yuck on your yums. Uh, what kind of fish? I guess that's, that's a. So there's going to be lobster. My dad got some kind of like giant shrimp. Um, man, what else is there? I think there's some catfish in there. Okay. Okay. I can't remember. There's about four or five different things that are supposed Seafood to be in the, the mixture. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be good. Yeah. My dad is definitely allergic to shrimp, so I did not have much seafood uh, growing up, but I enjoy it. I especially enjoy it when I catch it and cook it myself. That's my favorite. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big turkey guy. I love the dark meat on the turkey, you know, and sorry to you vegetarians out there. I know Scott's in the background. Um, you know, it's yeah, rock on. Um, but the sides are the best too, right? Uh, green bean casserole, mac and cheese, uh, just the mashed potatoes, uh, stuffing. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Sorry guys. We got to get this in football here. I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to, my mouth is watering now. I'm like, about it. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order 
of Broncos tickets. Um, but let's get to Max Powers here with the two pounds right out of the gate. First comment that I see here. Thank you so much, Max, saying no way the Broncos hired Jason Garrett after he's fired. By God, I know that uh, it's Benjamin Albright that originally put that name out there. And a lot of people get upset about like Dan Quinn or some of these other names. I got viscerally angry hearing about Jason Garrett because there's no innovation. I mean, he's a step down from Pat Shermer, right? Like that's, that's how bad he is as an offensive coordinator there. They have, they've invested really heavily in the offensive line. They have weapons galore. Um, They have the eighth overall pick at quarterback. And that offense has just gotten bad, worse, bad under Jason Garrett. So uh, fire me, fire everyone, fire the organization into the sun. uh, If they hire Jason Garrett to be their head coach, I would be, I'd be very upset. There's a lot of things that can upset me, um, but uh, <laughs> that's number one. It's one of those things when you look at his time with the Cowboys and taking, I mean, Tony Romo, I think he's probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks that have played. He yeah. did a lot of things to make that offense go. I mean, him running around. I remember there's a game against the Broncos. I think he made maybe five or six Bronco players miss. And then he makes a giant throw down the field and every single Bronco player. I'm like, Oh yeah, play. Oh no, we missed again. I mean, he just, he made chicken out of, you know what? And uh, it it just Jason Garrett, like you said, average at best play caller. If that, I mean, it it is, it's pretty boring. You pretty much know exactly what's going to happen on every single play. And he just does not maximize the talent that you have on the field. So yes, really hoping the Broncos do not go this kind of direction. I know he does have connections to George Payton. So I don't think this is out of the realm of reality, but really hoping that's not where he goes. Yeah, same here. Um, Garrett's joining us now. Thank you very much, Garrett. I I feel like I recognize you, Garrett, but either way, welcome in and I share your sentiments here. Happy Thanksgiving week, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody in here. Hopefully that you, uh, some of you guys have some time to take off, relax a little bit. Uh, you have your Christmas shopping already, you know, ducks in a row, and you can enjoy some good food with friends and family. So I hope that you guys can all have that this year. Uh, we also have Andrew Lamp coming in here. Uh, Andrew Lampy, ev- evening, everyone. Good to see you, Andrew. It's always great to see you joining us. That, that's a name I definitely recognize. Um, so great to see you. Um, and we can keep it going here. I know that we had a comment here. Somebody somebody made me laugh. Um, it was somebody asking if Nick, if I was jealous. Oh, here we go. EDJ, damn, Nick, you jealous of Chad and Zach? Damn right I am. It needs to be about me. This is a classic narcissist situation here. I don't know if you guys see uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but like Dennis Reynolds right here. I'm a five-star man bleep it like nah um but uh, you know that's a uh, just get the get the comments in there oops sorry about that scott you can take that one um andrew oh this better be okay i'm i'm afraid to see what it says when iowa loses to nebraska all right uh you might get your blood pressure up i see that iowa is uh three and a half point dogs to the three or four win nebraska team which probably speaks to how bad iowa's offense has been and thank you very much for the stars andrew again uh coming back in with the stars uh, my blood pressure will be up hopefully i will be so like hypnotic. I don't know if that's the word, you know, just in like kind of comatose uh, from the Thanksgiving meal still where I'll just be like, you know, like uh, it's the end of a uh, dodgeball where he's just like fat and you know, sitting there on the couch is like, whatever uh, Chuck <laughs> Norris, you know, the, that'll hopefully be me yelling at Scott Frost or more likely the Brian, uh, the Iowa's offensive coordinator, but uh, let's keep it going here. We got some more people coming in. Steve, good evening. All good to see you. Malcolm Brown, always saying hello from Homer, Alaska. Malcolm, I hope you get to see your family in, uh, is it Ogden, Kansas? I think off the top of my head, it's Ogden, Kansas. Uh, so hopefully you can see the school bus there. 
Okay, well there you, there you go. I think he's uh, he says his wild grandchildren, um, in uh, Kansas. There, um, he has Michael Ronquillo coming in too. Good evening, Scott from Broncos for Breakfast. You better say hello to us too. Steve said hello, but Steve probably coming to the stars here. So good evening to you, Steve. It's awesome to see you in here. Uh, Mike S is in the house too. Happy Thanksgiving, Carl and Nick. That's uh, awesome to see you, man. Uh, Colin Woods in the house. Yeah, Tony Romo is just a cool guy. Uh, pride of uh, he's probably the best quarterback ever out of Eastern Illinois University, right? Probably number one. Jimmy Garoppolo is the other guy, right? Jimmy G. He's playing great, man. Maybe that's the Broncos quarterback next year. Um, we got Bron- Big E Bronco also saying Bella says hi and go Broncos. Bella is Big E Bronco's, uh, I want to say it was a French Bulldog. Off the top of my head, I cannot remember exactly what type of dog it is, but awesome to see. Mark saying he loves Nick. So see, that's that's what it's about. That's what we need here. Greg Smith saying that uh, he, f- he nodded off this morning. That's why we got on iTunes, Greg. You can always go back and check it out after the fact. I listened to it four times. You know, just why not? Get all the ads in, pump up those ad numbers. That's great. Uh, man, I'm upset about this one. Uh, I don't I like wanna, turkey either. Go I ahead. I want to know what is an Asian Thanksgiving? Like, what what all does that entail food-wise? Is that the, the duck? I'm just always thinking of... Uh, the movie, a Christmas story or whatever it is. Oh, the where goose. They go out to, yeah. It's smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show too much. And my dad is a hardcore, like Christmas psychopath. Like I think I'm probably named Nicholas after St. Nicholas. Let's be real. Um, but, uh, that scene where, uh, they chop off the goose's head. They did not tell the actress that was the mom that they were going to do that. So like her reaction where she screams and like covers her mouth, that was authentic. They actually like scared the beep out of her uh gabe's coming in here saying evening gentlemen good to see you we got paul in the house hi carl and nick happy thanksgiving to you that's awesome happy thanksgiving to you uh jj G- jj in the house also hey nick and carl good to see you uh and uh let's get it going here we do have a comment here and i'll let uh scott work with the stars here we got a thousand stars coming in from andrew just recently we got more stars coming in from miguel saying sup fellows should we even resign anyone else bryce uh alexander johnson and josie jewel are liability don't you think Man, Miguel, you are leading right into our topic of conversation here. Carl texted me last night at like, or this yesterday morning at like 6 a.m. I don't remember. It was early. Um, saying like, I know what I want to do. What should Peyton do next? So here we are, Carl, your topic. And thank you so much for the stars, Miguel. And just, you know, what a, uh, what a great leadoff hitter here for us, getting us to our main topic today. So thank you, Miguel. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, Carl, what do you think? Is George Peyton done with the guys who are already currently on the roster as far as re-signing them before uh, free agency kicks off. I, I don't think he's done. I, I think he's showing this is something that he prides himself on being able to do. Uh, he's aggressive in trying to get contracts done. So he has less to do during the off season can probably focus more on draft and probably the quarterback position is going to be a little bit of a priority this off season. And so he'd like to take care of some, some issues now if he can. And yeah. it, it's nice. I, I think it's also good for the players to see that, Hey, we want you around it not only encourages them this for this season, but encourages them, hey, this team wants me. Uh, we, we've already had some players mention that, that players are feeling a lot more wanted here than than mm-hmm. ever before. John Elway, I mean, I appreciate all that he did and uh, obviously put together that great defense and got Peyton Manning here. There, there's a lot of great things. But one thing he did was he angered a lot of players with how he handled contract negotiations. And... You know, he, he always kind of talked about, oh, I respect players. I won't offer him a contract unless I'm really willing to, to give him one. You know, I'm not going to disrespect him that way. Well, they felt disrespected anyway. Uh, so to me, the next move would be looking at the, the off-ball linebacker position. Yeah. Now, I know it's tough because you don't know who your defensive coordinator is going to be next year. But I still think you can look at a guy like Josie Jewell. I think he can fit in the 3-4 or 4-3. 
maybe he doesn't quite have the speed for that off ball linebacker in the four, three, where he's got to cover a little more space, but I, I think he's been more athletic than people realize, or at least more instinctual than people realize. And I, I really think he's been one of those heart of the defense, smartest guy on the field, getting everybody lined up. You saw how much they've struggled since he went down of just getting yeah. everybody going to the right place. Th that yeah. has been a big deal losing him. And so that that's my next guy that I'm signing. It won't be a big contract. He's not going to require huge money. He's coming off an injury. He's at a devalued position, but I just think he would be a player that you'd bring back and you would feel like this is, this is a quality signing for the team. Stability, I think, yep. is the big one there. You get some stability, bringing that guy in. Stability also. Andrew Baker always supporting us, and we appreciate the heck out of you, Andrew. Andrew says, hey, Nick and Carl and Scott, if he's in the background, he is. He's rocking the background. Uh, with our Chiefs, Chiefs game push to primetime, please win that game or at least put up a fight. Hashtag mile high huddle for life. Man, that would be, uh, it would really be a kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Not a great send off, but that's definitely the wrong word. But like if the Broncos lose these next two games and they get embarrassed Sunday night football, do you think that that's Vic Fangio's last game? Vic Fangio historically, I mean, the two high safety uh, defense has been an issue for Patrick Mahomes this season. And Vic Fangio, I think has been the, the head of solving this Patrick, Patrick Mahomes Rubik's cube, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, not that the chiefs are, you know, their offense is starting to catch back up, but I think that the, the days of the chiefs, you know, being this incredible uh, air yards per attempt down the field stuff is, is kind of coming to a close. They're going to have to figure out how to attack different ways and uh, be a little bit more patient with that. Cause the two high shell um, is really working pretty well to stifle uh, the chiefs vertically. So I think Vic Fangio deserves some credit for that, but if the Broncos go into arrowhead, Sunday night football and get embarrassed writing a would, would probably be a three game losing streak. Let's just say, I mean, who knows what the chargers game, but let's just say it's a three game losing streak in this scenario. Is he gone? Is he done? I mean, doesn't seem like Peyton wants to fire him in season, but like that would be, that would be rough. Yeah. Uh, if you get embarrassed on national TV in front of everyone, when you're the only game on, yeah, th that would be a pretty tough one. If, if you lose by 30 in that one and, and you lose by 20 or more against the chargers, after you just got embarrassed by the Eagles. Mm. Yeah. I, I think you have to have that conversation that there's, there's gotta be something done. Yep. I, you at least have to have a talk with them and say, this is not okay. <laughs> this is not what our fans sign up for. We're going to lose people in the seats. And that that's, that's money that goes to the actual team. Like yeah. th there's th certain things that get pooled in together to, uh, to the whole entire NFL, but like that merch that's bought at the the stadium, that's important for that NFL team and yeah. the, the Broncos need all the cash they can get after they just dropped what, like 94 million in, in contracts this last week <laughs> and last like week. That. So yeah, uh, yeah they, they need some money coming back in. And yeah. uh, so I, I, I think there would be a conversation if they really got blown out in these next two games. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. It'd be, it'd be tough. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's like everybody fire Fangio. Why haven't you waited to fire Fangio? Well, the keys are probably being handed to like Pat Shermer or Mike Munchak. But like, do you want Mike Munchak's attention being taken away from the offensive line when this unit is really seems like it's maybe starting to come together in the run game? I, I don't know. That yeah. doesn't seem like a great call. Um, but it, it does feel like, especially if they lose those first two games coming out of the bye, we are just delaying the inevitable. So I don't know. Uh, Gary leads Palmer coming in saying hello, uh, building the Broncos crew and Broncos fans. Happy Thanksgiving all Gary with the stars. Thank you so much for these stars, Gary. Uh, we appreciate you. Good to see you. Um, Kayla also coming in with her, oop, well, her, uh, 
Asian Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to flash this one real quick. You can pull that one back up there, Scott, in a second. Um, faux egg rolls, rice, and Thai food. Man, that sounds that sounds good yeah, to me. I've been I've that. been craving Thai food so bad. I'm, I'm a pad came out kind of guy. I like those big fat rice noodles. Oh my god, so good. Thai food in Seattle also. I bet you miss it, man. It's <laughs> it's phenomenal here. It's so yes. good. Yep. Um, okay, we got uh, Claude. I think this is the one that Scott pulled up. Uh, more stars coming in here. I don't think our roster is the main thing wrong with the vert with this version of the Broncos. Bring on Black Monday. Go Broncos. So yeah, leaning into this coaching debacle. Just, I don't even know if I want to call it a debacle. Uh, this Broncos team has not been good enough, and I don't think it's fully Vic Fangio's fault because if you go this long with the quarterback play as the Broncos has been, uh, you're going to have issues. But um, they've been losing, and I think the biggest thing is that he's losing the locker room. Right? I just don't think there's a lot of love, respect in that locker room for Vic Fangio. I think there's a, the, the biggest thing I would say is a big disconnect between the players and Vic Fangio. And uh, that saved, you know, Dan Quinn. We talk about Dan Quinn a lot on this podcast because he's been rumored to the Broncos as a potential head coach. I know that there's a lot of history there between him and George Payton. um, And he's been doing pretty good with that Dallas defense down there. Um, The players loved, loved Dan Quinn. And multiple times when that team, you know, could have easily folded up shop because they started off so slow out of the gate. They won games, maybe detrimental to their draft position, definitely detrimental to their draft position, but they won games because that team rallied around Dan Quinn. I mean, they loved that dude. So uh, I don't think it's a one for one. Oh, we don't want another defensive guy. I just want somebody who this can inspire, you know, and put guys out there to do crazy things. You know, playing football is a crazy yeah. thing to put your body out there and put it all on the line like that, play through injuries. So uh, that's, I just do not get, it's the exact opposite with Vic Fangio. The, the, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of love in that locker room for the head coach. Well, and it, it's kind of, I remember with Josh McDaniels, and I know that's, that's a cuss word that I just said here in Broncos country. You know, it, it led to Von Miller which led to Peyton Manning, which led to some of the best years of this Bronco fans life. So, uh, God bless the broken road. I don't, I'm not a rascal flat <laughs> fan, but like, you know, without Josh McDaniels, we don't get there. So it's true. Here we it's are. true. <laughs> but I'm just thinking of, I mean, that guy lost the locker room. Every player hated that guy. And, and who do they bring in next? John Fox. Now, John Fox is not the, you know, most inspiring coach out there, but he at least helped to kind of mellow things out get players back into the the idea of, Hey, let's play again. Uh, you know, just, just kind of calmed the whole thing down. Yeah. And, and so for that next coach, I think there's gotta be something of that, of, of looking for a guy that can really, like you said, unite the locker room, can bring players back together, can, can be a, a player's coach. And I, I know a lot of people want that offensive minded guy for, for the offense, but the reality is, I don't think you always want your head coach having to really focus on one side of the ball. It's what people have accused Vic Fangio of doing, of not caring about the offense and only doing things with the defense. Yeah. Well, you bring in an offensive mind guy, that's what you're asking him to do. And I understand it's to help the quarterback and all those kind of things, but to, to have that guy that can actually kind of connect with everybody on the team, coaches, players, front office, and just kind of bring all of that together. That's what you love to see. Yeah. Absolutely. We got AJ Zillinger coming in here with a question for you, Carl. I'll, I'll tee this up to you. Carl, uh, are you oh, from okay. Hoxie? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, AJ coming in saying, Carl, are you from Hoxie? Uh, yeah. Not that I'm trying to point out your location, but if so, that's crazy. I live very close to Hoxie. I just saw the t-shirt. Oh, yeah. I guess I am wearing my, my Hoxie wrestling. They're, they're pretty good at wrestling. I think they won state by like... wrestling. <laughs> Well, some of our kids might be coming your way. Yeah, they, they better. <laughs> yeah, no, th- we've got a couple kids that are going to be looking at three-time state champions this year. Wow. They won state by like 100 points last year. 
Um, they've got like four or five weight classes that they've got the number one wrestler in, in the state in those classes. And it's, it's just kind of a, it's a little bit of a cult here. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it's fun to watch. They are some really good wrestlers. It's crazy. But I uh, might have to get you some Hawkeye jerseys here pretty soon with yeah. uh, how good they are, man. They're, they're killing it. Um, we got chase Wellner coming in chase with his happy Gilmore picture. Always making me laugh. Good to see you chase. Hope you're doing well. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, if Fangio is gone, who do you like for the defensive coordinator? I, uh, man, this is such a hard question because we have to like jump multiple hurdles before that's, that's answered, right? Like it, if you have a one kind of head coach, you're probably looking for a different kind of defensive coordinator, right? Like if, uh, Dan Quinn comes in, you're going to have more of probably more of an Ed Donatel where they're just using that head coach's key tenants of defensive philosophy and problem solving on that side of the ball. Yeah, just like Ed Donatello is for Vic Fangio. But if you bring in an offensive minded head coach, a lot more of that onus of what that defense will be falls on that guy. So, and also there's the dynamic of like young and old, what the connections are. So I, I don't know. Um, nobody off the top of my head is really ringing a bell as far as the uh, defensive mind. That would make a lot of sense. Um, I know that uh, red herring has been at the Broncos for a while. Maybe they hire somebody in in house. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. It really depends on who they hire as a head coach. So I wish I had more for you, Chase. Um, but I, nobody really rings a bell for me. Do you, do you have anybody? I don't because it's hard to know which staffs are going to be fired. Which, yeah, that too. Which people are going to yeah. be available at this point. Um, I, and it's I possible you get thing. denied, right? You get denied. That's what the Broncos, they tried to hire. Uh, the first time they tried to hire Vance Joseph, they wanted to bring him on as a defensive coordinator. And the mm. Bengals said, nah, kick, kick, kick rocks, man. He's, he's and sticking here. Phillips. Yep. And then they ended up getting Wade Phillips. So that, yeah. that worked, that worked in a roundabout way, but uh, <laughs> right. it's kind of hard to know what exactly is going to be there, man. That, that really yeah. that I, ticked me off of the Eagles <laughs> or the uh, Bengals. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. But, I, and, and that's the thing is I, I really don't want to lose Fangio's scheme. Yeah. I do like his scheme. I do think, like you said, it is probably the best at trying to stop a guy like Patrick Mahomes, probably Justin Herbert, those kind of guys that like to push the ball down the field. I think you can can win a lot of games that way of just containing them through that defensive system. And you got a lot of players that fit that system already that are here. You know, what, what players get hurt if you switch to, you know, some other schemes that are out there. Uh, but I mean, you're losing so much on the defensive side of the ball uh, this upcoming off season that I think the turnover could be pretty quick, right? That's like true. who really would be out of a gig that doesn't fit, you know, three, four, four, three, or, you know, the coverage is honestly is more of an interesting question to me than three, four, four, three as archaic as I think that is becoming. Um, but like somebody like Von Miller, you know, they, he's gone, maybe Malik Reed, but like Malik Reed looks like he should be just a substitutional pass rusher anyway. So that one doesn't really bother me. I Bradley Chubb can play four, three or three, four, right? right. They're running more nickel anyway, these days. Um, you're overturning a bunch of the cornerbacks. Sertan is scheme diverse. Both your linebackers are going to be, or all three of your starting linebackers are going to be free agents. Um, I guess the only one that it makes, the only one that makes me a little bit concerned is Justin Simmons. Cause I think he is best in a more versatile too high kind of defense. I don't want him to be that super dichotomized, you know, he, is he a pure single high guy? No. Is he a box safety a la Derwin James? No, he does a little bit of everything. So I don't want to lose that. But other than that, though, I really don't think there's anybody that pigeonholes you so much on the defensive side of the ball, given how much uh, turnover is going to happen this offseason. Shelby Harris? I think you can do both. I, I mean, with, again, with defensive line, it, I guess the biggest question is, are you going to really lean into the two gapping versus one gapping? Because I don't know if he would be the best in a really heavy emphasized two gapping scheme. 
Um, but with how much four, two, five, you already play, what's the difference for the four, three or the three, four with that alignment, right? Like, I don't think there's going to be that big one. Like a guy like Mike Purcell might be on the outside looking in, in that kind of situation, but like, you're not paying Mike Purcell very much and he's a nose tackle, you know? So, um, you just, you're not paying a lot of guys long-term on the defensive side of the ball that, uh, I don't think can or would have issues transitioning over. The only one that makes me a little bit nervous is Justin Simmons. He'd be fine. It's just, I don't know if he'd be amazing playing in like a really heavy cover three or cover one scheme. Yeah. All right. Well, we got Miguel coming in with some more stars. Really appreciate that. Miguel. Uh, do you see the Broncos drafting an off ball linebacker this spring? I think our needs are inside linebacker tackle and edge minus obviously quarterback. It's yeah, yeah it's a real possibility. This looks yeah. like a good off ball linebacker class. I think there's a good chance. we got another one here from Miguel with more stars. Really appreciate that. I'm hoping for Todd Bowles for head coach and Kyle for offensive coordinator. I Shanahan. don't see him staying. Yeah, Kyle Shannon. Sorry, I should say that. I don't see him staying in San Francisco after this year. Uh, you know, it, th- there's a there's a, there's a a real chance this could happen, I think. I don't know oh. if Kyle won. I think Kyle could get a, a job there like the Giants. They, they might be looking. I saw somebody post that earlier, and I was like, that makes a ton of sense with all those weapons there. And and even Daniel Jones, I think he could turn him around with Saquon his athleticism. Barkley. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. There, there's a lot of good things that could happen there. Um, but if he doesn't and he goes to the offense coordinator side, uh, it's it's a possibility. And there's beef There's beef between him and Joe Ellis, and Joe Ellis is still going to be a part of this search, head coaching search, given how the uh, – that's true. The timeline of the Broncos hiring a head coach and new ownership coming in. So uh, I just, I think until Joe Ellis washes his hands of this organization, uh, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is going to be interested. There's, I mean, he put his foot down the first time around saying that that's not happening. So uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think also, I think Kyle Shanahan, a 49ers are really an ascending team right now, right? They, they have a very good chance of making the playoffs still. Um, Jimmy Grapple has been playing great ball. Debo Samuel, man, we love Debo coming out, man. It's good to see him playing great ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is going to be gone. Uh, it would, they would have to really fall flat. It's possible, though. As far as drafting off-ball linebacker, definitely a position the Broncos would be looking into this draft cycle. We're going to need to see what happens with uh, free agency first because you have a few linebackers that you maybe want to bring back. Baron Browning is definitely in the plans as well. Uh, but if there's one you love early, then you got to consider it, especially if you're going to be moving to more of a 4-3. Maybe you want a little bit more of a classic will. That's like that safety linebacker hybrid, that Jeremiah Wusakoromoa mold, which this team just doesn't have right now. Uh, so that's something to consider, but uh, the other positions that he, so he mentioned edge rusher, uh, offensive tackle Tackle. and linebacker. I think you got to put in cornerback as well. You're losing two of your top four. Um, and the AFC West is the big 12 as far as divisions right now. It's 10 personnel air raid all day. So you need to have cornerbacks. The other one is uh, interior defensive line. I think you could look at a defensive tackle early. Draymond Jones is, going to be on that part where it's like oh do we keep him do we move on like what's his contract going to be uh shelby harris it's easy to move on from him after next season as well which would line up really well with a rookie coming in behind him so uh that's another one i would consider as well yep. Corey h 20 dollars. i love that orange love you Corey. thank you so much happy thanksgiving to you i know Riz- okay one thing it's there's an apostrophe or a hyphen, excuse me, yeah. after re-signing. I, I shouldn't criticize the guy that gave a $20 super. What am I doing? I'm an idiot. Worst business guy ever. Um, but this says resigning, which means like goodbye. Um, so I know re-signing feels good, but there's a flip side. Bigger money deals means the path to the Super Bowl starts to narrow. You can afford fewer and fewer other players, and we still have no proof that Peyton can pick a quarterback. What do you think here, Carl? Well, one, I mean, 
you could say that about every general manager until they actually find their quarterback. And mm -hmm. it, it is a lot of the luck of the draw. Yeah. I, I still look at it is crazy the world that we could be living in that the Chiefs and the Cowboys were fighting for Paxton Lynch with the Broncos. They were in a bidding war to get the, that player. Like they all loved him. And unfortunately, the Broncos lost that bidding war in the sense that they got Paxton Lynch. And the Won other the two battle, found their yeah, found their franchise quarterback. And so sometimes you, you just got to get a little bit lucky, especially when it comes to that quarterback position. And, and you're right. The more money you spend, things kind of narrow down. But it's just a matter of you just got to get lucky where you spend your money. You know, if, if the player contributes, that's great. Look at, uh, I mean, John Elway got lucky when he spent that money that 2014 offseason where he got to keep Tlaib, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarcus Ware. Um, who else did he get? Those are the big three. I those, can't, okay. can't think of somebody else off the top of my head. Okay. But anyway, got, got those guys and they all turned out to be great. Yep. You know, sometimes you spend the money and it works out. Other times you get a, a, a James. Dwan James. Yeah. Dwan yep. James to play your right tackle. And he plays 63 snaps for you. You can't not spend the money. I mean, you can, but eventually you're going to have to spend it. There's a floor gonna, also. Yeah. you like the floor that you do have to spend. Um, and I, I agree with you. I mean, I, the window does start now and it makes the, the pressure build up when you are making these kind of moves saying, okay, you know, the, the window is now, you know, it doesn't just start to narrow. It's like, you're, you're entering the window. You have to answer the quarterback question though, to really answer that. That being said, you know, I think this is a signing these wide receivers is a win, 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 uh, three, three wins here. A you're rewarding guys that are doing everything right. Young guys who are entering their best years of their career. And these contracts are not big at all. Um, it could help lure in a quarterback. I think we're in the era of quarterback empowerment. Um, so hopefully these quarterbacks can kind of dictate where they want to go. And I mean, Jerry, Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, it's kind of hard to think of a better wide receiver trio than that. Um, and also uh, it could really help with a young quarterback as well, which you, we talk about building the nest and giving that quarterback no excuses um, for when they come in so that we get a clean evaluation you're doing that with the weapons. I mean, you're doing that with the weapons. So I hear what you're saying. I appreciate the super. And I, I get with you that it it's going to be all for naught if they don't solve the quarterback position. Like if we're sitting right. here a year from now and it's still Teddy Bridgewater versus drew lock. Why, why did we pay those guys? Right? Like right. that's, you're not really going for that window in that situation. Um, but you know, you, you, you got to reward your young, good players and the guys that are doing everything right in the locker room. So everybody in the locker room knows that if I do everything right, I put in the work, then I'm going to get, you know, the reward for that. So I think, I think you got to do this in this situation. Dennis Woods saying after the signing of Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton thoughts on what Peyton does at quarterback next year, draft someone will he go after Wilson Watson Rogers or both. <sighs> um, I think it's Wilson Rogers first. After that, it's maybe a Kirk cousins, maybe a Matt Ryan, less likely a Matt Ryan. Cause the dead money, like it's, you'd have to probably pay, overpay for what the product is for Matt Ryan at this point uh, to get him. Um, so I don't know about that one. And after that, I think it's draft. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I really think he's going to want to go the veteran route. You look at when he was there in Minnesota, Yep. a lot of their best success was going obviously Kirk cousins and paying him big money. I, I know a lot of people would be like, Oh my gosh, he got overpaid, but Kirk cousins is playing good football. They're, they're not losing because of Kirk cousins. I can tell you that no. they're losing because there's a lot of other deficiencies on that roster. And just I mean, a lot of bad luck too. They, they just had yeah, some weird things say, happen. Yes, they're they're hot, man. They're they're a team that I mean that Packers game was especially the second half was amazing. Um, and Kirk Cousins, J Justin Jefferson, maybe more than Kirk Cousins, he had some turnover worthy plays, but they're a good team. 
Uh, they really are there and they're a solid team and that defense is starting to come together too. So uh, who knows? Maybe they'll want to keep Kirk Cousins. I know that Zimmer and Kirk have had some, uh, not the best in the history, I guess in that locker room, you know, sometimes some issues there, but yeah, if Kirk, Kirk comes here and you're not paying him 45 million a year against the cap, uh, then I'm interested. I don't know about the price though. That's the biggest thing. He's, he's, he's expensive. Yeah. AJ coming in again for you, Carl, he's going to, he's going to be over. He's going to be behind your screen here in the next one. Um, it's crazy. I live in Oberlin, uh, blows my mind. We're so close. Wow. And yes, Hoxie is good at about every sport we know. Hashtag rivals. They are. They they own the national record for most wins in a row for women's basketball in the country. Wow. Got wow. featured on ESPN. Yeah, just it, it, like I said, th- there's a lot of different records they've broken throughout all the years. It's just kind of kind of crazy. But uh, AJ, maybe one of these days we'll have to get together, grab a drink or something like that, talk some Bronco football. That's that is it's it's a small world out there. You know, sometimes you just never know uh, how Nick and I met. Just random kind of thing that brought us together friend mutual friend and uh found out that we're both broncos and cardinals fans of all things and and hawkeyes yeah (laughs) okay i i i'll put it out there i am an iowa hawkeye fan now because of nick he has talked me into it that is my college team now oh man uh, if they get beat by nebraska now you need to go back to whatever team you were cheering for before no um (laughs) Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I want to circle back here. We, um, I'll let Scott work the back end to see that if we have any. Okay, Clee, you made me laugh with how Carl and I met. Uh, let's just flash that real quick. Um, no, uh, but um, we're both happily married men. Uh, but um, the big thing that we want to talk about is who the Broncos could resign. Um, as far as this offseason, maybe it would make sense. You mentioned Josie Jewell. For me, uh, Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, Kenny Young. And I know this kind of goes against our, what we were saying earlier about, you know, how the improvements of George Payton versus John Elway. But something I did like about John Elway is like, here's the contract. You all three have a similar looking contract. First one to sign. That's the rest of them are yoinked. So putting pressure on them in that position. And maybe you don't want to do that to your star players. Maybe that's not the position, best position to do to your star players, but Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, Kenny Young. Those are, I mean, you got, I know that a lot of people are excited about Kenny Young. I get it. Oh man. He coverage linebacker quotes on that one um but uh you got him for a seventh round pick you flip seventh round picks to get him in right like he's not he's fine but he's not a game changer at the linebacker position so i'd offer all three of those guys a similar deal and uh first one to sign it hallelujah we got one of the linebackers next year you're going to be paired with baron browning and maybe a draft pick at some point in the draft maybe another veteran free agent kind of route uh that would be fine the other one that intrigues me is uh bryce callahan and a lot of this will depend on what you think about him long term Um, but, uh, he's one that I would love to give an incentive laden contract to. I know he's not the youngest anymore. I know that he's had a lot of injuries, but when he plays, he's really healthy. And if I can get 10 good games out of him, knowing that's like what the contract looks like as well, like 10 games, I think maybe you bring that, uh, in, uh, and sign him to that just to get that player back in there and have less, less overturn on that back end of the roster, because that can cause a real issue. And the cornerback depth next year, if you're losing Callahan and fuller, who knows about Ojemudia Darby has been only okay. Maybe with an incentive laden contract, I'm interested in retaining Bryce Callahan. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, when he plays, he looks like a top 15 cornerback in football. Yeah. I mean, it's really impressive what he does on the field. I mean, you never hear his name mentioned because he's covering so good. No one even looks his direction. Uh, but we have Clee Tor- Torres bringing in a, a super sticker for us. Really appreciate that with the $5 super sticker. And uh, just appreciate everyone that's uh, been, uh, this has been a great conversation tonight. 
really loving all this talk, but, uh, uh, but yeah, th- there's, there's some players out there that I, I really like Weatherly. Would you want to resign him? He's one of those guys and Cleese super sticker was a pair working out. I think it was maybe a reference to his earlier comment, <laughs> uh, how we met, but either way, um, Weatherly is one that I'm interested in as far as I probably let him hit free agency. And if somebody signs him to a contract in the f- second cycle, right now, he's not going to go first cycle um, yeah. unless, you know, somebody offers him vet men. He's like, I want to go play for this team sign there, no matter what, then maybe he signs the first cycle. Um, but I'm more interested in what he can bring uh third cycle. Uh, so that is the one that happens after the draft. You know, if you, for some reason, let's say the board didn't fall like you wanted at the edge rusher spot and you didn't take an edge rusher until like the fourth round or you didn't have the draft capital because you traded for an Aaron Rodgers, then maybe Weatherly makes more sense in that kind of scenario where you're bringing him back in. But I don't know if I sign him before the draft uh, because A, I'm probably going to want to bring in a early pet draft pick at edge rusher. Like if, if it's yeah. not a quarterback round one, it's probably edge right now. That's just how it sets up. Um, and you want to have that flexibility and Weatherly shouldn't deter you from doing that. But like, you might have that dead cap and guaranteed money for him where you just move on from him anyway. That's not the best. Um, that's not, that's not the practice I would do. So Weatherly would be fine. I don't think he's one I'm bending over backwards to retain. The, the yeah, other one here I, is uh cream Jackson. Maybe older, is Caden Stern somebody that you want in that back end of the defense more consistently as opposed to, I really love him in that nickel slot hybrid role. I mean, he's so explosive. He moves like a cornerback um, and he's been most effective there. Snap to snap. Do I want maybe just a really cheap one year deal for Kareem Jackson too? I'm talking cheap, but you know, I, I guess this, this all depends on your thoughts of Jamar Johnson and what he hmm. can bring to the roster as well. I mean, you, you drafted two safeties with the idea that, one of them is going to be a starter. The other one's going to be a significant backup slash special team slash get, you know, 30 snaps, 30% snaps on defense kind of thing. Um, so if you like both those guys, then I'd say Kareem Jackson, I'm sorry. See you later. You know, then yeah. go get yourself a sixth, seventh round safety that you can bring in and start trying to bring up or an undrafted guy that you can sit there and say, Hey, you got a real chance to make this roster. I'm fine with that. I mean, that, that's what the Broncos have done a lot in the past of a lot of undrafted guys on the back end for that. Um, and hoping that they can turn into something hasn't always worked out great for him, but it's at least something. It depends on the contract for Kareem. Like you said, if it's like what it was this year, real cheap, prove it kind of deal. I'm good with it because he, he is, he's a good leader on the team. He's a good voice in the locker room. He does make some, some nice plays, especially in the run game. Misses a few tackles that I don't like because he's trying to make the big hit more than be sound in what he's doing on the field. And you can tell that he is reaching that wall that he's starting to fall off in his athletic ability on the field. Yeah. But, but he's still a decent player. I mean, I'd put him out as, as a, a C level player on the field for you. And that's not yep. bad. You need some of those. Yeah. Depth is important there. Uh, again, just one that, I'm not sure. I mean, the Broncos were fine moving on from him this offseason, right? They cut him. They said, okay, if you can find something better than what we're offering you, you know, good luck. And uh, he came back. So uh, obviously they didn't find something specific there. The other one that kind of maybe interests me here, and I wanted to hear what you have to think. I think it's way too early to talk about this kind of guy. Um, but Dalton Reisner, do you think that George Payton would be interested at all at coming to Dalton Reisner? He's been up and down this year. He struggled some but he's been playing better these last few weeks. And if you could offer him something that was pretty darn cheap right now, that would guarantee him before he hits the market, you know, just extending that payment window 
two years instead of him being a free agent after next season. Is that something you'd consider as well? I mean, he adds stability to that unit. Um, he's been playing better. He's still relatively young. And again, it would have to be not amazing money, but you're paying him before um, he's eligible. So maybe that's something he would consider. No, no. And and here's why. Moving <laughs> I know. On. Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> End the he, show. Roll credit. He seems to get banged up a lot. Like it just always seems like he's on the injury report for something. Now he's, he usually plays. I was going to say that's a, that's a talent that's playing through it. If somewhat effectively is a talent. It, it is, but it just, it makes me a little bit nervous of his ability to, to continue to handle an NFL load being there in the middle. And so I just feel like he's going to be one of those guys you pay. And then he misses half a season because he's down with injury each year. I, I don't know. I just, I, I have that feeling about him. I, I love Dalton Reisner, the person. I mean, we've had him on our show before and we yep. loved having him on here. He was, he was a great interview and I think he's great for the Broncos. And if they did it, I, like, I wouldn't be like upset about it because I mean, you're taking a little bit of risk. You're, you're banking on the fact that he's kind of turning it around and going in the right direction and trying to get him cheap while you can and add just a couple years of that window. So you don't have to worry about another position opening up that you have to figure out. Uh, but at the same time, I also like some of the young guys we have on the roster, like Moody, giving him a chance to maybe I, I know he's had his up and downs, but another year with him of, of learning from Munchak, maybe he's your next big time starter there at that left guard spot. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm not really feeling the pressure to have to go get Dalton Reisner locked up. Okay. Another name for you. I just was not going through all the list here and I'll let uh, Scott keep working on the, uh, the comments here. Oh, three years, 10 million too much for Reisner. Um, Scott is saying, yes, it is too much for Ryzen. That's pretty much what he's on right now, right? That's about, yeah. it's about equivalent of what he is right now. No, it's not. I don't have the Broncos salary cap in front of me. I was literally just typing it in as Scott pulled that up. Um, so three or 10 million, it would really depend on what the guarantees are as well. Um, I would consider maybe three million nine or three, three years, 9 million, like a three per, uh, just for the guaranteed. I mean, you're just extending that window of having him on roster control for a little bit. Um, so I don't think it would be the the worst call in the world, but it's one that I don't feel compelled to make it, it, but you know, you're talking about stability in the offensive line, having another year there, getting him during his best years um, and uh, getting him for probably more than less than he would get. If he hits the open market, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I I'd be, I maybe would consider it. Um, so he's at 2.2 uh, million next year. So he's at four year, 8 million. Thanks for the, thanks for the data there, Scott. Um, so about 2 million a year. I'd see, I think the three year 9 million, if he took that, I, I'd probably be okay with that because even then, yeah. like, let's say he, let's say he uh, runs off with that or he's not very good. That's fine. Um, you can move on from that. You would not be hurt. Like you'd be yeah. fine. In today's NFL money, that's not a whole lot. So no, it, it, I mean, it's it, like I said, it's still taking a risk and I, I'm still banking on some of the young guys developing and turning into something. So I'm not extending his contract. I just I, I'm I'm willing to to lose him when it comes yeah. to that time. Uh, as, like I said, I like the guy, I really do, and I, I I hope he turns around his career and really turns into a great player. Because I mean, it's great for the Broncos, great for him, and solves the problem that you can sign him to a long term contract. But his play so far has not garnered a longer term contract. But all right, we got Travis coming in here with some stars saying, uh, hoping we re-sign Josie Jewell next year and hoping our Hawkeyes whip the Cornhuskers on Friday again. Yeah, I'm a little biased with our Hawkeyes. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Oh, I I'm man. surrounded. I'm surrounded by Husker fans here. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So 
I, I'm just I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this one because I know they'd be really sad. I talked to a few on Sunday, and they just they were so devastated losing that game to, in Wisconsin to, the way they did, and just this whole season. You know, they've had so many games where they showed potential, and then to come up short, and that's just been the Husker way for the last well since Scott Frost got there pretty much. Yeah. Oh, before that too. Uh, God, yeah. I forget. There's a word for it. What is it called when you almost win? Oh, that's right. Losing God. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm asking they're going to call the Atlanta um, Falcons, but oh, or the Chargers, no, oh, the Chargers. That's the one. Yeah. Be careful. The Atlanta Falcons. Scott has a lot of power that back there. He can get you. Off I, the I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I mean, it just, I, I feel bad for those teams that yeah. you just look like you should win. And then all of a sudden everything falls apart last minute. Um, you know, it just, you and I have cheered for some some winning teams for a long time. You know, the Cardinals, yeah. how many championships do they have? Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. See, you're a better <laughs> Cardinals fan than I am. But, uh, you know, so we, we've got that side of it. And yeah, unfortunately, seeing the other side of it of those who have to lose. It's yeah. Tough. Talking about losing some more free agents that Broncos might lose this offseason. But maybe George Payton says, you know, here's a deal. We'd like to have you back. And if you take this, maybe you'd get more in the open market, but you'd have that security. One that comes to mind that I think is going to cause a lot of potential division, um, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's on a pretty big contract. I know he's coming off that terrible, terrible fumble, and everybody wants to see Javante Williams get more uh, carries. But this one-two punch, I think, has been very good for the Broncos overall. Um, it's been... they've Honestly, they're both big backs, but they have different styles of running, and they complement each other as far as... Uh, Melvin Gordon doesn't get tackled in the backfield very often. Javante Williams is incredible if he gets to the second, if and when he gets to the second level. Um, probably Melvin Gordon should go seek somewhere else where he can get more money and more touches. But would you be interested in floating a two-year contract to Melvin Gordon right now for you're not paying Javante Williams anything, so you can still go by relatively cheaply on the running back room on the whole um, and keep that one-two punch, guaranteeing that you have a running back that can do everything you want them to do. Cause if like, right, like the big issue with a dichotomized running back room, thunder and lightning is that if one of those guys go down, you lose a chunk of your offense, right? Like you have to have in a today's NFL, the big running backs are very powerful and important because they're limiting. They're making teams have to play more single high. And that's when the explosive pass plays happen. So would you be interested in bringing back Melvin Gordon? And if so, what would you be looking for as far as the, the offer? Yes, I would be interested. One, running backs get banged up every year to, to expect your running back to go 16 game or 17 games now and, and not miss some time or not miss half a game. You, you got to have a good number two and, and they're going to have to step off the field at different times too. So you need somebody else that can, can come on the field and, and Melvin Gordon, I know the fumbles are a problem. He's yep. really got to do something about that. Like that, that's his entire off season. I know his mom is really a big part of his life. I would just go tell her, like, you need to tell him he's got to hold on to a football at all times at home. Like he's going to spend the entire offseason at home and she's just going to be trying to punch that football out the entire offseason and see if he every time he fumbles, you know, has to do thousand pushups or something like that. But yeah. um, no, I, I, I like Melvin Gordon. He's a good all around running back. He's one of the best red zone running backs in football, in my opinion. He does great at finding those little holes that nobody else does and just picking up the extra yards that mm -hmm. that just make a big difference in a game. And I, I think, like you said, we got a really good one, two punch and depending on what they do at the quarterback position, this, this is where it kind of splits off for me a little bit. If you mm -hmm. go the veteran direction, 
I think you can go younger at the running back position because yeah. they can kind of help them out. If you're going the young quarterback, the rookie quarterback, yes, I think you need Melvin Gordon back to help that guy out as a pass blocker, as a pass catcher, as a guy that can really help balance everything out for him. And and like, like you said, you can afford it then. You can overpay for a running back that can actually help the team. Yeah, we got Travis coming in here talking about running backs. And this is a, we've made it 48 minutes without mentioning this, um, which is incredible. Uh, Travis saying, saw that the Texans released Philip Lindsay today. I think they waived him technically because he's still so many occurred years. I think he's waived, not released, uh, which means he'd have to go through waivers being uh, versus being a getting to choose where he goes at first time. Um, but Lindsay uh, was waived in today and I'd rather have him than Melvin Gordon. Uh, Travis, I love you. I do not agree with this take at all. Um, Lindsay is averaging like less than three yards of carry this year. And we know, I know I preach it. Offensive line is what dictates run game. So that's, it's more of an indictment on the Texans run game or offensive line than it is on Philip Lindsay. But Lindsay is just too limited. Uh, he's too limited in so many facets that make him not super valuable. Um, he's not going to be a starting running back for a team, uh, especially with the league right now. They're really trending towards the bigger running backs. You know, the six foot guy, six one, two twenty, two thirty. Because if you play a light box and you sit there in two deep safety looks, they're going to kill you. And until you until you pivot, and they will continue to do that. I mean, the Patriots are doing that amazingly this year with their run game. And as soon as it's, I don't know how McDaniel says it, but as soon as it's a cover one or cover three look, it's a play action, and Mac Jones has all this ample room to throw guys open. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, the two McDaniel's references today. I need to wash it out of my mouth. Um, the other thing with Philip Lindsay is that if you're going to be small, if you're not going to be that big back that can uh, work between the tackles and be that bruiser, you need to be a receiving threat. Uh, you need to be somebody who can be f- flexed out and be a viable receiver against linebackers. He's not, he just simply is not. Um, so that's an issue. And then on top of all that, you're talking about a guy now. He's not, doesn't fit one niche. He doesn't fit another niche. He also brings nothing in terms of special teams value, which you have to have if you're going to be a running back three on a roster. So, um, and Lindsay's a great story and thank God for that because he made some of these very tough Broncos years, at least a little bit more palatable because he was fun to follow, uh, during those seasons. But as far as the NFL running back, man, I'm, he's not for me. He's a, and that hurts saying, you know, God bless him. He's, he's beaten a lot of odds so far. So maybe he'll beat this one too, but, uh, not for me. All right, well, we got Dennis Woods adding to the conversation with a, a super chat. Appreciate that. It says, if Gordon goes, is Boone good enough yeah. to be the number two? We don't know. I, I think that's mm-hmm. part of the problem here. He's He's been so limited in his opportunities in the NFL. Now, he's he's flashed when he's had those opportunities, so I think he could be. Yeah. And the nice thing is he is a nice special teams player, but I still think you got to add another running back to this group. I don't think you'd feel very comfortable with Boone just outright ha- handing him the number two spot at the running back depth chart. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I'm, and for paying running backs like long-term big money deals like that, that almost never works. But if you're paying him like two years, uh, you know, let's say five million per in that last season is essentially just a, an option here, right? You can set up the contract that way. And who knows if he doesn't take it, then, you know, sayonara, whatever. Um, but, you know, that kind of situation, I would at least be interested in that because that really is the a big identity of this team. And it's also maybe something that could uh, help lure in, either help a young rookie quarterback or lure in a veteran quarterback that might pick Denver over another spot. So we'll see uh, Boone is good enough as the number two. They would probably draft a running back in the middle rounds again, which I don't love, but again, uh, to push Boone um, in that spot. And they would probably lean more towards the, the Vikings method of they have, 
uh, Dalvin Cook, who gets a lion's share of the carries. And I also have Alex Madison. Is that the name of their backup running back? Uh, Boise State a couple years ago. I think it's Alex Madison, who's re- pretty darn good in his own right. Uh, but that's probably more of the, the split there. And in that situation, Boone is probably good enough. But uh, you, you are playing with a little bit of fire there because uh, he's he's still pretty much an unknown. All right, we got in the shop with Willie coming in with the super chat. Apparently, I got a super to get a freaking hey. Hey, Willie. Hey, Willie. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> Willie. Uh, I, hey, uh, while you're here, I hope you're doing better. I know that you're dealing with the uh, sick little bug uh, last time that we saw you. So now yeah, Saturday night or Tuesday night, but uh, it's good to see. I see in the comments, we're just, we're, we're vibing out here. We're trying to have fun and uh, we appreciate you um, hanging out with us tonight. The last guy I want to get into, Travis, coming in saying, you make good points, Nick. I've lost faith in Melvin Gordon. The fumbles are terrible. Yeah, they're, fumbles are unforgivable. That's something that just drives me nuts. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Colin's saying, if it was up to Nick, we wouldn't have running backs and inside linebackers except Jewel. Now you're starting to get it. This guy get all defensive yep. backs and safeties, no running backs. Uh, they have they have a place. Um, I just said that we I would like to sign Melvin Gordon back, and we talked about these other guys, but you don't want to overpay for positions like that. So, Colin, I appreciate the laugh there. Last one I want to get to, though, Carl, and this one is, I think it's interesting, and I'm curious what you have to say. Bobby Massey, right tackle. He hasn't been incredible for the Broncos at right tackle, but he's been pretty solid there. There's been some games where I thought he's been maybe the best offensive lineman they've had. Uh, He's 32 years old. It sounds like his family is pretty well established in Denver as well. You talk about maybe getting somebody who could get a, you could get a pretty good bargain, uh, a hometown discount, even, I mean, literally a hometown discount on this one. Uh, Bobby Massey, is this one that interests you at all either? And it's, again, it's not going to be a big contract, maybe, you know, two years kind of thing, but, that's when I maybe would float something out there to his agent saying like, Hey, you know, like you've enjoyed your time here. You've been pretty good. Um, what do you say? Two years, 8 million. Yeah. Does that, does that, does that, does that interest you at all? Very much so. Uh, right now, the, the big thing for me is, excuse me, did I say not 8 million? That's way too much. Maybe like uh 5 million. Are you talking like five per year or no, 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 five, five total? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested in, t- in it. Um, this draft has some good offensive tackles, but depending on what they do with quarterback, if they trade a lot of their higher draft capital to go get a quarterback, well, you got to still solve that right tackle spot. And I'm not going to trust a third round and beyond right tackle to protect my new franchise quarterback that I just put all of my eggs in that basket. Yeah. Massey is, is a decent veteran. Like you said, I, he's not going to, he's not going to be a, Tristan Wirfs kind of thing on your field. <laughs> Although he had a really bad holding call the other day, but, uh, but no, you know. he's not going to be that, but he, like you said, he's going to be solid enough, especially with a veteran back there to, to do some good things. Even with yeah. a rookie, he, he's good enough to, to hold up for you until you can get that position solved down the road. I, I just want to eliminate as many problems before the draft as possible. So then you're going into the draft, not saying we have to solve this problem. That's always the big thing. You don't want to be desperate when you get to the draft. That That's how you draft a Paxton Lynch. <laughs> yeah. And on the other side of that, um, just to build off this point, uh, this also means that if you can fill up these holes uh, before the draft and even before free agency, maybe it means that you don't need every single one of these draft picks. Maybe it means that you're feeling pretty good about what the roster looks like for 2022. And you can be a little bit more flexible and aggressive with, you know, sending off a couple picks for an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, right? Yep. Cause then you're not banking on a second rounder right tackle, uh, having to step in and be great for, um, uh, whoever's under, uh, behind center. 
or so that's something that would, uh, would, would intrigue me. Um, so I don't know, fill as many, I mean, just in general, it's a good practice to fill as many holes as you can before the, the draft. So that we can go up it holistically and let the board dictate where you want to go. Um, otherwise you're pigeonholed into taking Garrett Bowles and you hope to God that he falls to you at 20, which is just not good practice, but it worked. I guess it kind of worked out for them. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, last one I want to get into here. We're going to get out of here pretty soon. I saw somebody mention, um, the Broncos using a Colin Coward said that the Broncos should draft, uh, Tyler Linderbaum center from Iowa to play f- and help bolster this offensive line and get better there. Uh, a, I'm not a big fan of using a top 15 pick on the interior offensive line. Now, some guys are worth it, but I want somebody that has some tackle guard flexibility because tackles are that much more valuable. The big thing about, uh, Tris, uh excuse me, um, Tyler Linderbaum Tyler. is that he is ex- extremely valuable in an outside zone defense, in an outside zone offense. If you're running an offense that asks your interior offensive lineman to climb to the second level or work horizontally and then climb to get linebackers or even like nickel players, Tyler Linderbaum is one of the best in the last decade. If you're going to be running a lot of inside zone and a lot of power concepts, I don't know if he's worth a top 20 pick because uh, he's smaller. He is not the best at handling pure power weight guys at the point of attack and pass protection because he is smaller. Um, so it really it really comes down to what scheme. Like if Broncos hired Kyle Shanahan, giddy up, man. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum <laughs> would be incredible, <laughs> incredible in the wide zone with Kyle Shanahan. But he's a very scheme-specific player as far as what he does best. So I think that's an important thing that you're not going to hear from a Colin Coward. He's not going to get into that type of scheme detail and player personnel. Right. So that's why you come here. Right. Yeah. I mean, he'd be a great player to add. Uh, He's a great player in college football, easily top three center in college football right now. And like I said, in in the right scheme, yeah, go for that really solidifies that interior offensive line. Uh, They've been playing better. So yeah. maybe Cushenberry's proven himself, especially over these next seven games, that that's not a position that they'd really need to look as hard at. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to kind of see how the rest of the season plays out. And like I said, what kind of coaching staff do you bring in? What kind of system mm-hmm. do you bring in? Then we'll be able to start really working on our boards and figuring out, you know, top 25 players like we always do every year of who fits the Broncos best. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. we got a little bit of time. Thankfully, the season's not over. Still five and five. Yeah. A couple big division games here. Sunday night football against the Chiefs. Yes. Maybe Broncos can shock the world, kind of like they did against the Cowboys. Maybe they they find that magic again. We'll, we'll just have to see. You know, Pat Shermer's back in the box. I, I think maybe you saw a little bit of what the world looks like without Pat Shermer. Yeah, it looked a lot. It looked pretty similar. Um, you know, uh, maybe the, the defense was still getting up a lot of points in the first quarter and that made it tough. Um, Michael coming in Ohio state Buckeyes quarterback, CJ Stroud is my future quarterback for the Denver Broncos go Broncos. Well, Michael, unfortunately for you, um, and for the rest of Broncos country, that means there's a lot of losses that are on the way for the Broncos. A lot of losses, because if you want CJ Stroud, you either are picking one or two in the 2023 draft. And that probably means that you earned that pick right? Like trading up for that pick. I think I really am curious to see how the future unfolds with this quarterback position, because we saw that the, the Rams and the, the Eagles traded up to one and two this God, 2016 is already over, you know, six, seven years ago. Um, they traded up for one and two, but there hasn't been much trading up to the top, the very top of the draft for a quarterback in a while. A lot of times those teams picking at the top end up taking that quarterback. Uh, so I'm curious to see if you could even have a chance if you didn't earn that, and I emphasis on earn um, that number one pick to even have a chance at CJ Stroud. And uh, I 
just for the sake of my sanity and everybody's sanity in here. Um, I really hope the Broncos make a move for a veteran quarterback because I just, I'm already so exhausted from trying to talk myself into the quarterbacks in this cycle. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, man. I think there's some fine guys here, but uh, taking them in the first round, every single one of them just leaves me feeling bothered. And especially when you're looking at Bryce, uh, Bryce young and, uh, CJ Stroud, those guys just look so much better, um, than any of these quarterbacks. So it's, it's rough. It's, it is, it's rough to see. Like I said, you have to, if you have to talk yourself into a player, it probably means they're not as, as good as you would hope. And uh, Gary Leeds Palmer saying, wow, one of the best podcasts ever. That's uh man, that gets me, gets me right here. So thank you, Gary. Appreciate yeah, that. And always appreciate nice. seeing you tune in every single week. Uh, just, it, it's good to see. And in the shop with Willie, he's got the long, long-term plan for the Broncos here. Is it too early to, for hashtag tank for arch arch Manning? It's uh, you're, we're about two years too early from being able to uh, start accumulating that 2026 draft capital. But if you start kicking back now, you can make in, uh, profits on that investment. You know, there's a little bit of interest every time you trade back. Uh, so maybe you can start building up that capital. I think as soon as the 2022 draft is underway, that's when 2025 picks become available. So you can start, you know, start stockpiling and uh, we can go get that way. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's fun to dream. Um, we'll see. I want to see what Archman, we don't even know where he's going to go to college yet. Right. But uh, a lot of fun. To dream. Do you think he's going to go to Bama? Do you think that's, that's it? I know that uh, oh, uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss is really putting it all out press out there. I think Lane Kiffin, is the only, the only person he follows on Instagram is Arch Manning. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's kind of that weird. Is, but... I, um, I would say, I'd say Clemson. I think they, they put out, from what I understand, the, the all-out press when he came and visited here not, not too long ago. And I think they were the last college visit for him, if I remember right. And a lot of times, you know, that last image just sticks yeah. with you. you. You either want to be first or you want to be the last one. You know, first one to get that first, hey, don't even go anywhere else. Right here, this is where you need to be. And uh, we've got Eddie James saying, like listening to podcasts, even though I am a Colts fan. Man, that's that's great. I'm glad you're tuning in to us and – uh, you know, the, the Colts, I'm a little jealous, a little jealous of their coaching staff and what they got there with Frank Reich. And, uh, he's, he's looking like a good one. Seems yeah, to he, motivate those guys. Well, yeah, they, uh, we're gonna have to talk a little bit about it down the line. Cause we're already at an hour, but if the Broncos are going to team build, uh, outside of that franchise, amazing, you know, veteran quarterback coming in, I think you need to look at the Eagles. You need to look at the Colts. You need to look at the early year Cowboys, uh, under Dak. And uh, the, the Patriots right now, I think those are the offensive teams that you want to replicate because they're getting it done with big warts at the quarterback position. Guys that are, you know, playmakers in their own right, but big warts, you know, not these all uh, overarching incredible quarterbacks. So um, I don't know that that's pretty much just me saying uh, if you can't go veteran quarterback offensive line is something that I really think they should invest in, but we'll get to that at some point. We'll cross that bridge guys. We got to get out of here. We got to start uh, prepping our minds and our bellies and our hearts for Thanksgiving. So uh, <laughs> hopefully everybody's doing well. You guys can follow Carl and myself on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. You guys can also follow us at BTB football pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, or if you have a Facebook agenda uh, at all, make sure you are liking our page at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. There's Carl taking a drink out of his red solo cup. Um, <laughs> that's definitely the, the pride of a uh, Hixie is Hoxie there. Uh, it's yeah. going to a Hoxie wrestling match later. So he's got to, he's got to make sure to fill up that tank. Um, also join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, not everybody's in a position that they can uh, financially contribute. That's fine. That's great. That's totally understandable, but not 
not understandable is if you're not already subscribed to this channel, liking the shows, sharing it, because that's totally free. It takes about two seconds and it does us a heck of a lot of good. And I would be very thankful this Thanksgiving if you if everybody out here would like subscribe and share to this channel, to this show. And uh, we will see you guys again soon. So, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? I know you're drinking that Red Solo cup. You OK? Is, yeah, yeah, no, you got some fun going on? <laughs> just needed a drink tonight. Uh, not a not an adult beverage, I promise you. OK, uh, but uh, no, tonight got to get packed up gonna go see my sister tomorrow since she's hosting thanksgiving so gotta do some packing hang out with the dogs get them a little love before i head out the door and uh just like i said get ready to to chow down what about you man uh gonna try to figure out what's going on for dinner um one more day of work and then got a friendsgiving up here in seattle so it'll be good and it's gonna be rainy and uh luckily for me thank god the, the pacific time a lot of times i get pretty upset with how early the games are but I can hit snooze because my God, I know it's still football and we'll miss it when it's gone. But like the lions versus the bears with uh golf injured and Justin Fields injured. <laughs> I'm asleep, man. Yeah. Throw I'm that asleep. One in the sun. Yeah. That's woof. What a terrible game. It sounds like Nag nah, Nagy is going to be fired right after that too. So yeah, not very good, um, but we love you guys. We'll see you soon. Go Broncos and happy Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.